Alternative Radio. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You are listening to Age of Jeremy. I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness, and, well, other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for coming in and listening to The Age of Jeremy. If this is your first time on the podcast, I just want to uh, remind you to do a few things. One, if you could rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Second, if you could go ahead and follow me on TikTok at Age of Jeremy. Also follow me on Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q. And then if you could also follow me on Instagram at Age of Jeremy, it would be much appreciated. If you could also follow Age of Radio on Age of Radioverse on Instagram and on Twitter, Age of Radio. We're really trying to build our community. We have a good amount of community, uh, people in the community now, um, but we're always wanting to get more people involved uh, in the art of podcasting or in, you know, just some of the other topics that we talk about in podcasting. There's always something that is going on in podcasting because it's very vast and we would love for you to be a part of our community and also on the Age of Jeremy community where we talk about uh, business, where we talk about finance, we talk about the adventures that I have building my businesses that I own. Um, I am a co-owner of the very faster growing 3T Fitness with Coach JV, and I'm also a business owner um, because I own Age of Radio um, and also this Age of Jeremy brand. So we definitely want to get you involved with all of that, and we thank you so much for being here on this uh, podcast. So to kind of get started, this week has been a little bit crazy. Want to talk a little bit about some of the changes in um, the uh, the stock market. Uh, stock market had a really good week in November. I don't remember what the full percentage was for the Dow Jones because I am actually more impressed or excited with the fact that Bl- uh, BlackBerry, um, yeah, that's right, BlackBerry. I don't know if you remember the BlackBerry. They had the little phone with a little roller on it. Um, they've been one of my favorite companies for years, not because of the phones, um, because of their security. Um, but BlackBerry at a high today on December 1st, which is when this is being recorded, hit $9.64. Their shares hit $9.64. That was the largest it's been, I want to say, I think it's like 15 years. That's the highest that it's been. Um, and the reason being uh, is because of a uh, it joined forces with Amazon Web Services or Amazon AWS. Um, and so, so BlackBerry hit 964 today with the news that they're partnering with Amazon. And then it settled off at $7 before it went into hours after trading. Um, I think after or after hours trading. The after hours dollar amount I saw was seven something. I think it started to kick back up. Um, but it, it essentially... It was around seven dollars. Um, now, a lot of people don't know this about BlackBerry, but BlackBerry is actually a leader in security. Um, one of the businesses that I've worked for in the past, we actually use BlackBerry security. So essentially, there's different apps um, that kind of like, for instance, their BlackBerry chat. It actually connects with like Skype. And it links up with Skype or with Microsoft Teams, and it keeps those messages much more secure. It also does that with the email client um, that it has. So. 
In fact, I have a funny story. I had a, a gentleman, one of the clients that I had, when you send an email via the BlackBerry um, services, he actually got the email and on the bottom of the email, it says this was sent with a BlackBerry phone. And he reached out to me. And he's like, oh my gosh, you still use a BlackBerry? I miss my BlackBerry so much because he liked having the keyboard and the ball. And uh, and he, uh, I had to explain to him, no, it's just this app that we use um, because Amazon's like the leader in security. And so I think that that's pretty interesting as far as um, uh, BlackBerry being a leader in the security piece of it, um, especially because a lot of people don't even think that BlackBerry is still around, but it's still going strong. And I've been an advocator for um, that piece of BlackBerry for a long time. I think they still make phones. Um, I know that they moved over to Google. Um, But the reason why this is, is really impressive or important is because of why they actually partnered with Amazon. They partnered with Amazon for a product that they're trying to come out with called BlackBerry Ivy. And BlackBerry, um, so this is from the press release that Amazon has. Um, So BlackBerry Ivy addresses a critical data access, collection, and management problem in the automotive industry. So the the way that Amazon uh, AWS or the Amazon uh, post or press release has it is that modern cars and trucks are built with thousands of parts from many different suppliers with each vehicle model comprising a unique set of proprietary hardware and software components. So these components, which include an increasing variety of vehicle sensors, produce data in unique and specialized formats. The highly specific skills required to interact with the data, as well as the challenges of accessing it from within contained vehicle subsystems, limit developers' abilities to innovate quickly and bring new solutions to market. So BlackBerry Ivy will solve um, for these challenges by applying machine learning to the data to generate predictive insights and inferences, making it possible for automakers to offer in-vehicle experience that are highly personalized and able to take action based on those insights. And so BlackBerry Ivy will support multiple vehicle operating systems and multi-cloud deployments in order to ensure compatibility across vehicle models and brands. And so essentially, BlackBerry is partnering with Amazon Web Services, probably for some of the data piece of it, also for the development piece of it, to get BlackBerry Ivy going for automakers to utilize their um, machine learning and uh, um, and uh, cloud data points that and the cloud data that they will build inside of the software that's being utilized essentially. And so I think that this is fantastic. I uh, imagine that BlackBerry or that Amazon wants to to partner with this um, mainly because of the machine learning piece that's going along with it. And also it's going to help with the uh, autonomous, uh, uh, I'm assuming it's going to help with the autonomous automobiles um, for the future and for um, the data that's inside of them. So I, I feel that it's going to be a place where um, they, so so one part of the AWS and then the, or the press release that it talks about that BlackBerry Ivy could leverage vehicle data to recognize driver behavior and hazardous conditions such as icy roads or heavy traffic, and then recommend that a driver enable relevant vehicle safety features such as traction control, lane uh, keeping assist, or adaptive cruise control. Ivy could then promote automa- automakers with feedback on how and 
when those safety features are used, allowing them to make targeted investments to improve vehicle performance. Um, additionally, drivers of electric vehicles could choose to share their car's battery information with third-party charging networks to proactively reserve uh, a charging connector and, and um, tailor charging time according to the driver's current location and travel plans. So it's a way for us to get better information about what's taking place for the driver uh, so that uh, so that the automakers can make better assessments of how to to make the vehicles better in the future. So I think for that part, it's really great. I'm not 100% sure how why it's beneficial for Amazon unless they're going to go into the automaking business. You never know. You know, they tried to make a phone in the past um, or if it's going to help or if they want to utilize it in their vehicles for their drivers and they're going for whatever their plans are for their distribution piece. I'm assuming it has something to do with that, in my opinion. But as far as BlackBerry, um, I think BlackBerry's, in my opinion, I've uh, multiple times thought about purchasing it. Um, I'm glad to see that they continue are continuing to innovate and they're trying to take what they're good at, right? So they're good at the security piece, they're good at the machine learning piece or, or um, the software building piece, and they're going to partner with someone that's probably good with the machine learning piece and and use those forces to create a new product. So the fact that they're able to uh, to uh, um, uh, to diversify this revenue, probably to sell this software to automakers. I think that that's fantastic for BlackBerry. And I would say if you were in, you know, again, I'm not a financial advisor, consult a financial advisor and do your own research. Um, but I think that, that it's definitely a buy. I also, I also, for the most part, think Amazon's a buy. Amazon's like the new Costco or the new Walmart um, that should be in everybody's portfolios. So um, I think that Amazon still has a lot of growth opportunity. And uh, I think that BlackBerry obviously has a lot of growth opportunity. I think that a lot of it, the stigma behind BlackBerry is that it's this failed phone manufacturer, but they have a lot of other stuff going for it. And I think that that's really, really beneficial. Um, so, so uh, definitely check that out. Uh, you can go read about it on uh, Amazon uh, Blue I and Blue BlackBerry. Sorry, Am Amazon and BlackBerry Ivy. And I'll put a press release in the um, notes so you can go and research it. Um, but definitely, um, I'm definitely thinking about adding BlackBerry just to my portfolio, um, not to my retirement portfolio. Amazon definitely is a good place for uh, to be in your retirement portfolio, just like Costco and Walmart. Um, but anyways, to that, to the next big news that's happened today is freaking Salesforce finally made a decision to acquire Slack and it looks like they put a dollar on it. So it's going to, Salesforce is going to acquire Slack for $28 billion. Um, and so I think that the, I think that this is a good, uh, I think that this is a really smart move, um, in my opinion for Salesforce. Um, so uh, we use HubSpot, which is a fantastic CRM tool. Um, Salesforce is also a fantastic CRM tool, and so is Dynamics 365. I think this is something that's going to help Salesforce compete with Microsoft. So if you don't know what Salesforce is, it's an American cloud-based software company um, based out of uh, San Francisco, California, and it provides customer relation management services and also sells uh, a complementary suite of enterprise applications focused on customer service, uh, marketing automation, analytics, and application development. Very popular uh, company that they, I believe they purchase was Tableau um, software, and they also own Quip. Um, and so essentially what they're doing is they're trying to create a grouping of uh, uh, team or enterprise um, and possibly even small business, small business and enterprise like uh, productivity 
um, and and uh, workflow applications. So that's one of the reasons why I think the Slack Pete, this is really good. Um, it's something. So if you don't know what Slack is, Slack is essentially maybe you've heard of Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams I think does a little bit um, more as far as how how Microsoft is is man is advertising Teams, but essentially Slack is. Um, uh, Slack is a, uh, a work app that allows team members to communicate with each other, um, uh, within, within their, uh, company. So you can like get together and uh, talk to people. It allows you to work with each other. Um, I've never personally used Slack cause I've always used teams, but I hear it's a great product. I know a lot of companies like Vox, Vox uses Slack, um, here, let me let me look at this real quick. Um, so I just want to see because I know Teams allows you to create like meeting spaces. Um, so Slack Teams allows communities, groups, or teams to join a workspace. So it creates a virtual works workspace just like Microsoft Teams does. So I think that this is a good place for Salesforce to go in and buy Slack, and it helps them complete with companies like um, like Microsoft when it comes to the types of products that they're they're rolling out to enterprise and and meeting enterprise solutions. Um, so I think Slack. So this would be you know I think Salesforce is still a good good buy right now. I think they're doing a lot of great moves, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about buying or building your own uh, services or software. Um, but I think this is. Is a good move for Salesforce. This is something they've talked about for a while now um, that I've kept my eye on. I, I haven't bought any Salesforce specifically prior to this, um, but I think that Salesforce is doing doing a lot of a lot of good stuff um, when it comes to how they're running the business and their what they're strategizing on putting themselves in a position to meet all enterprise workflow um, uh, management within a company, right? So like they have their Salesforce, which allows for their CRM. They help with the analytics, with the Tableau. We use all of this in one of the companies that I currently, um, the bank that I currently uh, work for. And so we utilize a lot of the, this software with a lot of other software, um, but we utilize the software, some of the, the products from Salesforce, and it works really, really good. Um, you know, uh, I think that I've never used Salesforce specifically, like their CRM. Like I said, I, I've used Dynamics 365 and I've used spot. Um, but I think this is a great place for sales for this is a great acquisition for Salesforce. I think um, they have a lot of upside growth um, potential for their their stock. Um, I don't necessarily think it would be the best stock for maybe retirement. But if it's something that you want to go and purchase so that you can, you know, gain, you know, you can you can ride the appreciation of the stock itself. I think that that's a great place, a great place to be. So we're going to take a, a quick bake, bake. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, um, we're going to uh, talk about a show that's been out for about a month, a podcast show, but I didn't know that uh, it had come out. So I kind of want to bring your attention to it. All right. Welcome back. Hope you heard some good advertisements. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Dr. Death. I don't know if you have had a chance to listen to season one. It is a Wondery podcast. Wondery is a podcast network that makes uh, amazing audio experience uh, 
amazing audio experiences just to end with that um they make a go and check them out wondery.com wondery has a lot of great shows um personally one of my favorites from them is dr death the very first so so essentially it's a host the host that does it her name's laura beal i believe it is and she has more than 20 years of experience in health and science writing uh, in 2014 she received the top medical journalism award from the american society of journalists and authors and so season one Season one is about a gentleman named Dr. Christopher Dunch. He was a neurosurgeon who irradiate, who had like um, uh, egotistical or super confident uh, who was, or who was super confident. And he claimed he was the best brain surgeon in Dallas or neurosurgeon. And if you had back pain and had tried everything else, Dr. Dunch could give you spine surgery that would take your pain away. But soon after you would have that surgery, um, his patients started to experience complications. And all they had to protect them was a system that was ill-equipped to stop this madness, right? And so Laura dives in, that was her name, right? Laura dives in into this world, find out about what happened with Christopher Dunch, why this happened, what's wrong with our health, uh, this this portion of, of, of the medical system. And it's just a fantastic podcast. And I just found out that they released Dr. Death season two um, in, in October. And I believe it was in the end of October, beginning of November. And Dr. After Death season two is essentially, um, well, let, 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 I'm going to let you listen to this clip right now, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of discuss it. Imagine you're walking into a busy hospital. You take a moment to relax, to try to forget about the reason you're there. Chemo. You're getting treated for cancer. But at least Dr. Fata is there to take care of you. His education and experience is unparalleled, second to none. A nurse takes you to the last open seat in the house. You sit back and take a deep breath as the drugs begin to drip into your veins. But I remember looking in that infusion suite and thinking about how these patients have no idea what's happening to them. What you don't know is that today is the last day you'll ever sit in this chair. The doctor that I trusted my life with would forever ch change my view of the word doctor who takes an oath to do no harm. This is a story of over 500 patients who put their trust in a prominent oncologist. He would look them in the eye and lie to them and say, you have cancer. And a system that enabled him to hurt people for nearly a decade. I did encourage my mom to endure it. I did, but I, I did it for her to live, not, not for her to die. I'm your host, Laura Beal, and this is Dr. Death, season two. He's a psychopath. I mean, what else is there to say? So I myself, I haven't listened to Dr. Death season two. Um, I have a friend who's listened to it and it's something that I want to binge um, this week or as soon as, well, I guess you can't binge it because they release them weekly unless all of it's out. I think he said all of it's completed by now. I'm not sure, um, but I would definitely check it out. Um, the fact about uh, what it's about is just super, super, super sad. Um, uh, and, and I think that the... 
I don't know. I've, I've heard that it's a, it's a really rough story and I think you really definitely need um, to check it out. The other interesting thing that I found out about this is a lot of these podcasts as a way to diversify the revenue, they make TV shows. So like Gimlet, Gimlet Media, they had the Homecoming, which was a television show about their podcast Homecoming with, I I think in the show it was Julia Roberts. Um, I I can't remember if she played the part in the podcast or not, Um, but I know that a lot of them are diversifying into television. And I believe Dr. Death TV series is coming out. And I think Alec Baldwin is playing. Christopher Dunch. So I would definitely uh, reach, listen to Dr. Death season one and two, and then go ahead and, uh, and check out the, the television series. I mean, we're going to, we're going to have so much stuff coming out with podcasts here into the future. Um, you know, if you have the, the backing and the money or the revenue, um, you know, it'd be cool to make some of the shows, our shows into, or our podcasts into shows. Um, even if they're just retelling of some of the, the stories or the way that some of our, our true crime audience tells the stories or even just to have, you know, talk shows with people that, uh, um, you know, like break down from the couch, maybe like a, a web series or YouTube series, um, where you, it's a video of them breaking down the movie scene by scene and messing around or home video hustle or for screen country, or we have a lot of movie podcasts. Um, and then we also have, you know, comic book podcasts. Um, but, uh, what's interesting about the wondery and the gimlet, uh, audio experiences, as I like to call them is, you know, there's just really good journalism. There's really good storytelling that takes place in them. Um, and I think that audio is one of the best ways for you to consume content. And, um, and I think it's just, it's just a, a great, uh, 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 radio itself is just fantastic. And being able to listen to people talk and, and tell stories and do research and tell the stories through research and being able to listen to it everywhere, you know, audio is just fantastic. Um, so, but de- definitely check out Wondery. They have a lot of other great podcasts, um, uh, that you should definitely check out, but definitely, definitely, uh, check out Dr. Death. I, don't have the okay so there's a couple so there's a couple of ways that you can get money right you can buy debt you can get debt so if you're a small business owner so hopefully you got your we have some small business owners that are listening if you're a small business owner you can get debt in a few ways you can issue bonds you can go and borrow money or you can sell shares of your company in the form of equity to raise money I do not like, and this is probably going to be one of my downfalls. So I, I encourage you to sit long and hard about your, what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your business. If I were to sell equity in my company, it would be in the form of going public. Now the NASDAQ has requirements for you to meet, and I'm really focusing on meeting those for the head company that owns Age of Radio, October Revolution Corporation, or October Rev Corp, or ORC, um, as I like it because I would like the ticker symbol to be ORC. That could be out there. I, I haven't really looked too much into it. Um, who knows? We may even change the, the corporation name in the future. It has a long story, and one day maybe we'll dive deep into it in a podcast. Um, but uh, but I want to position or to have the, to meet the requirements to go public in case we need to raise capital to grow the business. Okay. And so the, the, 
But right now, I do not want to give any type of ownership. Um, the gentleman that I talked to on a, the one of the last podcasts, his name was Curtis Ray. He has a great financial system. In fact, I think he was just recently on the Jenny McCarthy show on XM on Sirius XM Radio. Um, he has a great financial system, a great financial company, Suncor. Not my cup of tea. I but I'm not going to discourage someone from learning about it and seeing if it makes sense for them. Um, just like he's not my cup of tea. Um, I am obviously. If you've listened to me in the past, I'm very liberal. Um, I uh, am very, uh, I enjoy, you know, thought provoking conversations. I enjoy researching and I I enjoy um, uh, helping. uh, I don't want to say helping because he definitely, you know, a lot of people enjoy helping people. Um, But I I feel that like teaching people about, uh, actual, you know, actual finance or, or, um, the, the bare bones about fundamental investing or, um, or, uh, technical analysis with, with investing and how you can build strong portfolios, how you can invest, you know, why real estate might be good, why real estate might be bad. I just want to do a, a lot more education for people so they don't let people take advantage of them. And I'm not saying that anybody's trying to take advantage of any of the people that I know are trying to take advantage of you. Um, I'm just saying that I want people to be, you know, I want people to learn. I want people to be willing to learn and to research and do their own thing. Okay. But because of my, you know, my, my interactions with people that have owned companies in my life or people that have invested in my companies, I don't like that. The control aspect of it. Um, we are 3T Fitness is thriving. It's doing great, mainly because of John's uh, hard work ethic, his ingenuity. Um, if anything that I've done, I've just given good guidance. I've kept the books as straight as I can. We've done some financial, uh, keep the financial analysis and, and the books under control. I don't like the control of the company. I don't want my ideas to be exploited. Um, and that might be something that's going to be my downfall. I'm not sure. I don't think it is. Um, but if, if you know you need to raise money, equity is really a good way to, to raise that money. But just think about what you're giving up when you do that. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because we need an app. And I, I can build an app. I don't have any doubts in my mind about it. I need time. I need to, to work at it. I need to spend time investing in it. Um, and, and, but we're running into, I'm running into a problem because there's all these other, these things that are going on. Um, especially because age of radio is getting so many shows a week now. Um, you know, if, if Priscilla, our podcast network manager, if I didn't have her and if I didn't have Joey, our sales development officer, and I didn't have Ruthie, um, and I didn't have, um, uh, Diane, uh, who's mom, my mom, uh, if I didn't have her involved with it, it would just be really difficult to manage all of this because of how fast the shows are coming on. I need to make an app. And so what I did is because learning has to be part of your, your world. Right. And so I, I signed up to learn Java so that it'll help me. I learn really good in that education setting because I'm an advocate for community colleges. I'm an advocate for that long, um, secondary education piece of it or higher education or whatever we want to call it. Um, and, uh, uh, in fact, secondary education might be what we consider high school. Um, but anyway, um, so just, 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 just disregard that. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, but there's nothing wrong. I, th- I feel that when you're need, when you need to get that type of education, then you need to, um, 
you need to be able to put in that work. Now I can, I'm good at setting time aside and trying to read on it, but there's some, some concepts that I don't get, or I have questions. And I think having a instructor teach it and what you would put a software engineer through might be very, very beneficial. Um, now it's not very expensive to go to the community college. So I decided to do that. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is because the alternative is to get enough money to buy an app, create someone to build that app, or, or I could actually buy an app that already exists. And it would be fantastic if I had the money to buy the app that already exists. I already know which one I would buy. If I had the money to do it, I would buy Breaker. Um, Breaker, uh, Breaker.audio is one of the best podcast apps. I don't know why I don't use it for all of my podcasting. In fact, I think having this conversation, I think I'm just going to go and do Breaker. Everything that I've used Breaker on, it's been fantastic. Um, <clears throat> uh, not all podcasts are on it. That's one of the, the problems that I have with it. Um, a lot of these apps, that they use the Apple API. So when you put your app on Apple, it pushes out to all these other podcast apps and Breaker is one of them. Now, the, the, so, so I, if I had the money, I would go and try to buy Breaker. I think it's a great play. It allows us to open up a different revenue stream. It allows us to have the app already created. And we don't have to do much after that. We just have to learn how it works, keep their workforce in, in play, and then, and then figure out how to innovate on top of that or make it better or to compete against the other podcast apps. That'd be the number one thing that I would do if I, would ha- if I had money. Or <clears throat> Luminary doesn't, I don't know if Luminary is making any money. I, last time I saw Luminary was subscribing for like $2.99 for like a year or something like that. Um, I don't know. I don't think people want to pay for podcasts um, unless they unless it's someone they really, really love or there's another benefit to it like with Spotify. So if, if I were Spotify, Spotify buying Joe Rogan is fantastic. Spotify buying Kim Kardashian is fantastic because then it forces people, they, people get something else besides just that podcast. Not a, a lot of people, in my opinion, are just going to go and buy subscribe to an app for that podcast. And if I was going to subscribe to something, I'm a huge advocate for Slate. I would support Slate and get all of their shows ad free and all their extra content. But if you can't, if you can't buy it, then you need to build it. And so that's what I'm really been focusing on. And you as a business owner, you have to think about that, about how you're growing your business and what are the things that you should be building or buying to expand your business. Because that buying could be other businesses. It's it's very weird me talking to business owners all day long. And these are business owners that make millions and millions of dollars a year, and they don't have a long-term strategy. Like they don't have a long term of what it is that they're saving for, for their business, what it is that they're going after, because a lot of small business owners and the problem, the problem with small business owners is a, they think in the moment, B, they're just focusing on, you know, not having to answer to someone working every day at their own business, saving the money and, and, and just taking care of their family and growing the business in that, in that way. But they don't have like a strong, a strong like strategy, right? So when I build out my plan for age of radio, it's like at least 20 years down the line, I know exactly what we're going to be doing. I know what we're going to be focusing on and I, it helps me stay on track and become obsessed. And it's going to help you stay on track and become obsessed. Because the number one thing that I want to do is I want to build an app. And so, and and I have, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to explain everything that I'm going to do in the app on this podcast, just because, you know, I don't want people to take some of my ideas. Um, but even if you did take the ideas, I have one of the best communities, um, the community that we've created with age of radio, the people that follow us, um, the people that enjoy age of radio, seeing age of radio grow, you know, we have such a a strong, 
a strong uh, a community that even if we had people that came and mimicked us, I don't think people would leave. I think our hosts enjoy being here. I think we're fair to the hosts. We don't charge them anything. Um, they make money. Hopefully they can make more money here in the future. Um, there's lots of things that we need to do, but I think that we're in a pretty good or strong place. But again, I'm not going to, you know, say everything that I'm going to do within this app, but I know every piece of when I'm moving my business into either a new build, I need to build something or I need to buy something. Right. And, and I'm saving for those things that I need to buy. And I'm making those decisions on the things that I want to build. And that is something that you need to think about as well. Like, what is it that is your 10 year, 20 year, 25, 30 year long-term plan? You know, and it's funny because my wife, she always says, I'm always thinking in the future. I'm not in the moment. And that's very true. But I think that, and that's something that I need to work on. But I feel that I feel that when it comes to this business, you need to have a long-term plan. That's one of the things that I admire Jeff Bezos for, even though I'm not a huge, there's things that I like and dislike about Amazon. But one of the things that I admire Jeff Bezos for is he's always like, yeah, the, the earnings that we're getting right now, these were earnings that we had forecasted 10, 15 years ago, right? That's how far ahead they are. And that's what's kept them in front of everybody. And that's something that you need to do with your business. And in my opinion, that's the reason why the businesses fail. You know, I, when I spend some time on TikTok because, you know, social media is really important to our businesses and our brands is that you always have these people. Well, if you can't, if you couldn't, if you can't cover your taxes, then you shouldn't have a business. Or if you can't, you know, look for minimum wage to go up, then you shouldn't have a business. And I think a lot of that's true because a lot of people don't plan. A lot of businesses even don't even do any tax planning. And that is terrible. You should be meeting with a CPA or an account. The CPA part's irrelevant, in my opinion. Um, a CPA is just someone who can attest to public, um, uh, who can uh, attest to the uh, accuracy of um, publicly traded company statements. And so, so you could find an enrolled agent, you could find a financial advisor, they can, they can help you with a tax plan for your business, right? And that's why it's important. It's a plan. It's looking into the future, thinking about what's going to happening and planning for it, right? Because there's things that are going to be out of your control. You need to be far ahead in the future about everything that's going on with your expenses rising, where your marketing budgeting is going, how you're doing your marketing budgeting, when you're going to push out more marketing, when you want to spend your marketing dollars when you want to have people hired, right? These are all things that you need to know and learn. And learning that is a place, is a place where you can go and get some education on like a community college, or you could go to a state, you know, like a public university or private university or whatever the case is, or just go buy a course online. And so me, that's one of the stages that I'm in right now is that we need to build this app because it's imperative to the growth of age of radio. It's imperative to the growth of age of radio originals. It's imperative to, to, to start out competing some of our competitors. It's to put us in a good tech technology, a technical space, right? So like when you're looking at for, you know, I think the future is always software, right? Bill Gates thought the future was software back in 1990 or 1990, 1970, whatever. I still think the future is software. And I also think that the future of hardware is in the robotics and with how we're going to become an interplanetary species, right? And those are the things that I want to position my family for. And those are the things that I want to position my workers for so that I can take advantage of those opportunities as they arise, because those skill sets are going to be 
be important, right? So like if I can get, you know, my niece Ariana to go and learn computer programming, that's a good skill or to get Evelyn or Oscar or my children or, you know, our workers like Joey, if I can get set them up to what kind of business we're going to be in the future, then it's going to be easier to take advantage because there's lots of different software that we can make that'll be beneficial, right? So when people always ask me, well, why did you do the podcasting? Because one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with is getting people to stop referring to it as a podcast network. Yes, when I, I did it, it was a podcast network and I wish that I had... Even Age of Radio is a fantastic name. I love Age of Radio. I love the brand. I love the image. It's an iconic image. I think it's going to be a world-renowned, you know... Um, a company we have hosts now that are in Canada. And so I think that we're going to be a worldwide company, but everybody refers to it as a podcast network. We're a media company that has a podcast arm because we're going to deep dive into other things. Same way that I actually feel it's funny that I brought the Salesforce up or that, that I am thinking of doing this podcast because of the Salesforce piece. But when I think of Salesforce, I think of like I'm a, a CRM company because that's what they were, but they're now branching into like they have their DAP, Tableau software, they have Quip, they have Slack, they're going to have Slack now. It's like an inner enterprise software uh, a suite of products that help with enterprise and teamwork and workflow, right? And so, you know, but, you know, you can't change that name because that name means something now. And so Age of Radio means something, but, you know, that's why I've always tried to say that radio is like, you know, uh, media or content. Uh, and, and eventually we'll have, you know, part of that plan is buying, right? Buying, not building, buying older radio stations and turning them around, getting them up to par, getting into satellite radio, things of that nature. You know, there's a lot that we're going to be doing that's going to need a lot of money. And I feel that one of the best places, one of the things that are going to help us with that is being able to make our own software. So I encourage you as a small business owner, what are the things that you need to buy in the future? You know, whether they're asset or what type of assets, because they could be business assets, right? If you go and buy a business, that's an asset. Also think about, you know, the vehicles that you need to buy in the future. What are those expenses going to be? Um, those assets purchase is going to be, they're going to be over that 2,500 that you can't write off right away, right? You can accelerate that depreciation over 2,500. But if it's, if it's under 2,500, just think of those as expenses. But what are the big assets that you're going to need that you're going to need either to have long-term investment in, right? And that long-term investment could be you building a good workforce to, um, to build those things. It could be a good workforce to run those things when you buy them. It could be buying that workforce when you buy that asset, when you buy that business. So those are things that you really, really need to think about. A business plan isn't done when you, you know, if you, sometimes you can only think five, six years down into the future because you're not sure what's going to happen. But every year, every two years, every quarter, however often, you need to sit down and relook. <coughs> you need to sit down and you need to relook at that at that business plan and say, okay, well, what is, where are we going, right? Where are we going into the future? What is it that we're going to need? How are we going to diversify this revenue? Right. And is it something that we can go and buy? Right. I want to buy, you know, when I branch into my financial services company, I'm not going to go, I'm going to start, you know, local. Right. But as I expand, I'm going to buy other people's books of business. Right. I'm going to go and buy, I'm going to go and buy up their shops that are for sale. That's why businesses go for sale. Some company, some businesses, some, some entrepreneurs, they create businesses and they sell them. They go and buy other businesses and they flip them. I used to know a guy, I used to know a, a business owner that that he actually had a line of credit, right? And he would f buy pharmacies. That's how big that line of credit was. He would buy pharmacies that were doing shitty and he would flip them and sell them. Same way that you would flip a house, right? You need to change your mindset about how business works and about how work works, right? 
it's it, the, the problem is a lot of people, right? I'm going to touch on this here, you know, for the next couple of minutes, but a lot of people, they, they, they think of life as they, 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 they sometimes change work and business ownership, right? You're either a worker or you're a business owner. For some reason, you can't be both, but a lot of people are both CEOs are both usually right. CEOs are and workers and they're the owners of them. You can be an owner in your company and have a career and go and own a small business on the side. And, and that's so fine. As long as that small business doesn't compete with the other business and the other business is okay with it, right? Those are the problems that I run into. Um, but you know, there are lots of things that there's lots of innovating and interesting things that you can do to make money. But we're so stuck in this mindset that we have that, that we need this secure job. Or if you have the secure job, that means that you can't spend your spare time making more money. And that's one of the biggest problems. It's always like, there's always, it's like, I'm going to quit my, my corporate job. I'm going to jump out of corporate America and I'm going to start my business. I mean, that's what my, my partner did. Now he's, he's been through shit, right? But he did it pretty fucking fast. You know, he may not think that. I think he thinks that, but you know, some people may not think that three years is fast. I think three years is ridiculously fast. It was 2017. It's only 2020. Three years, you build a million dollar company. That's amazing, right? I helped build that why I work also and build other businesses. There is so much more you can be doing. And and one of those things that you have to do is have a plan. And I encourage you, like I said, if you have a business, what, you know, as you, as you plan your business and you plan your growth, what are the assets that you need to buy? What are the pieces that you should be buying? And what are the pieces that you should be building? And I want you to think really hard and strong about that because it's really important. Right. And, and as I go on my journey into software development and software engineering and, 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 you know, this is me taking a risk, right? This is a risk. Software engineering might be stupid in the future. Who knows? Right. But but there, I, I have a plan for the things that I want to build with it for a couple of reasons. One, I think I can build it better. B, I don't have the money to buy it, right? And then, then when I have money to buy it, I can look at other things and say, oh, I need to go on a shopping spree because I need to add this to our portfolio or I need to add this for, as part of our overall large plan, right? The plan can't be just to be a millionaire, or just to be a billionaire, you will end up those things by having businesses and owning businesses. And, and a lot of small business owners start and they say, I'm doing this because I want to be a millionaire or billionaire. I want to do this because I want to build a stupa and I want to bring Buddhism to my home. And I can do that without money, which I work on. And I can do it faster with money. I can build things with money. I want to build Glendale, Arizona, into a thriving, stronger community because this is the community where my family's from. I want to make Maryville a stronger community because that's also where my family's from. Our first business, third generation business, GenStar Electric in Glendale, Arizona, still standing today, started in 1964 by my grandpa Dell, right? I think it was 1964. Don't quote me on that. Um, 1964. In fact, you know what? Real quick, I'm going to look at it real quick because if grandpa hears this and he see, hears that it, I didn't say, I didn't put the right years, I'll be like, why didn't you put the right year? And I'll be, I don't know, because I wasn't alive. Um, Genstar. Let's go to the shitty website. Okay, the shitty website doesn't have it. 
1964. I thought it was 1964, right? So this is a third generation Genstar Electric 1964. You know what? I, I want to build that road of, I believe that we need a better transit system in the city, that we could have better subway system in the city. I want to be a part of those. Now, did you notice in any of that shit that I said, I didn't say I want, or I, I want to be a billionaire. I'm doing this to be a billionaire. I need to, so I don't have to work at the bank that I work for my regular career, right? That's not the point of it. And you need to get your mind outside of that piece of it. And sometimes that's hard, especially if you don't have resources and you don't have money. Like I need to do this to be a millionaire. I need this to be a millionaire and you will be a millionaire by doing those things. And that's great. And hopefully you do a lot of good stuff, but for your business to thrive and to succeed and to, to rebrand itself and to go through all the shit, you have to think longer term. You have to be a long-term thinker in a lot of that. And that's what's going to put you into a better position into the future. And that's what's going to help you reach those goals. And those goals require a lot of money. So you're going to have money with that. And then hopefully you're using that money wisely to get your businesses to move on to different generations. And that's what's also really important to me. You know, there's so, there's so many great things that you can do and be doing in the world. And we spend, and don't get me wrong. I do a lot of this stuff. I have Dungeons and Dragons night with my friends. I enjoy playing world of Warcraft, right? I'm a straight up geek. I have the new call of duty. I haven't played it yet. It's on, um, it's on our new Xbox series X in the living room. Like it's cool to have nice shit. Like don't get me wrong. You don't have nice shit. I don't have a lot of time to do a lot of that, but I plan those things out and I fucking cherish the time that I get to do those things. Right. I get to play Dungeons and Dragons once a month, maybe once every other month with my friends, maybe once a quarter sometimes. And I cherish that every moment of it. Like it means everything to me to be able to do that. Like I've, I've, uh, um, I think I have, you know, a world of Warcraft character that I play maybe once a week if I'm lucky. But when I have that time and I say, okay, this is the time that I'm going to sit and do this, man, I cherish that shit. There's nothing wrong with doing those things that you enjoy. You don't have to be working all the time, but you have to have a plan and you have to think about it as where you're going and, and what it is that you want overall because in the end i don't think that the money really the money the money is money i have money like i don't have millions and millions of dollars money but i have money to live a good comfortable life the rest of my life what i'm doing now but you know if when i dream and i when i think of the things that i want for this great city and this great state and people that are in the state in my home state in my hometown man i want so much for it. we could be doing so much better and I want to be a part of that. I want to do those things. I want Phoenix to have the first hyperloop. I want us to have our smart city. I want to own a shitload of unincorporated land so I can have a ranch. So I can bring food from our land to our homes. Like there's so much things. Just think about all of the cool shit that you want to do for the world. That's why you need the money. You don't need the money for a Rolls Royce and you don't need the money for a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. Make the world a much better place with the money that you get from your businesses. All right. So think, remember, should you build it? Should you buy it? 
there's a time and a place for a lot of it. A lot of one of the th- one of the things that you need to think about when you think about it is, you know, is what's the benefit of the learning, right? So I'm I'm in a first generation, so I'm in a third generation business, right, with Genstar Electric. Even though I don't own any of it, I'm just gonna I put myself in that. So I'm the fourth generation. I'd be the fourth generation if I can purchase it, right? Our that business, right? It's good at alternators and starters. That's what it's good at. It could learn to diversify its revenue a little bit more. It could go into other avenues involving those alternators and starters because that's what it's good at. What are you good at? How can you make new more money with the things that you're good at? And then what could you be learning to add to that, right? So, so when you're thinking about that, does it make more sense to buy it and 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 learn from it that way and get it going right away and and then over the years, you know, get better at it cuz you you end up learning both ways, right? So I think that one of the main things that comes down to is cost, right? It's going to be less expensive to learn it, but you know, if I learn it now, right? This is the first generation software engineering. We got into software engineering, you know, the first generation of, you know, age of radio. First generation learned about the software engineering. The second generation got better. They added mechanical engineering to it. You know, they they are a family of software engineering engineers. It's part of their life skills. They have their MBAs. They have their, you know, uh, MBA. They all get their MBAs. They have their software engineering. They have their engineering degrees. And then that's something that they're good at and they build software. They're good business people. And then someone else comes along and says, well, what else could we be good at? We're good at software engineering. How can we do that? Well, maybe we should do software engineering for this other thing. Well, okay, we can do software engineering for this other thing, but we should probably learn this. And then that cycle keeps going and you learn these skills, right? Because those skills are the things that add the value. And, and so when you're, when you're coming into it, you know, when you're, when you're looking at buying the things and you have the resources to buy it, is it better to buy it where you're buying out a company or, or maybe even having a third party company make it right? So you have a third party company, make it, maybe they, you still have to spend the money for them to maintain it. Right. Does that make sense? Or do you keep it all in house or maybe you buy a company and you mix it together? It all depends on what it is that you're trying to accomplish in the end and how fast you're trying to do it. I'm not in any specific hurry, right? I'm also not, with the software engineering thing, and this is, I'm just using this as an example because it's what I'm dealing with, right? So like with the software engineering thing, if I went and bought an app, well, we, I would just have an app, right? I wouldn't have any good skill sets for software engineering. And the people that are there, they maybe, maybe they're not part of the purchase. Maybe the purchase is just the app with the assets without any of the engineers. And then I just need to go and get engineers to maintain that. And then the engineers that I buy, they're only good for the that specific type of app, or maybe they're good for Android. Where if I learn the engineering and my children learn the engineering and my nieces and nephews learn the engineering and the people that I also hire are full engineers and they're not specific to that one thing because I needed that one thing. Then we can come together and build lots of software. There's another great podcast, Command Line Heroes. And I forgot what the name of the episode is, but these guys, they were truckers, I think, or they were laborers or construction workers and they all got laid off and lost their jobs. Well, they went and they, a group of them got together. Maybe they had money. I don't know. But the way that the story sounds in the, the podcast is a group of them got together, right? 
right? And and they didn't have money. They all locked themselves in a room. They took a crash course on Java programming and Android development. And now they find make software for that. That's what they do as a business. They said, we're going to learn this. We don't have a job. We need to learn a new skill set. They all learn the new skill, skill set, specifically Android development, I think it was. And they learned that new skill set. And they started a business where they were making Android apps. Or applications. Go and listen to it. It's Command Line Heroes. It's a fantastic podcast. It's a branded podcast by Red Hat um, Linux, which is an IBM company that IBM purchased rather than creating a type of company that's like Red Hat. A lot of the times the big corporations go out and buy smaller companies. They sometimes buy, you know, the, but what they sometimes usually buy from my experiences, the smaller companies or the middle, uh, uh, lower than middle market companies, maybe like, you know, uh, a million to 10 million in revenue. They go and buy other types of businesses that are similar to their business, right? They're not going out and buying another business. Like when in the case with the financial company, like if I, if I had a tax, tax paying company. And then I went and bought, bought a bunch of accountant accounting firms, right. And, and converted them all over to my name. It's like that. So like they're automotive companies, they go and buy another automotive company so they can open up a new shop. Right. So that's one of the main reasons why people buy those businesses because they're already good at that one thing. So they're going and they're buying those same things because they're adding it on to their business. Right. So like, when I when I think of Genstar Automotive, one of the things that I wish they did is they went and bought other th- companies that were similar to alternators and starters. And then maybe they bought an alternator and starter and this other thing that they do. Like maybe they bought another shop that does oil changes and they get really good oil changes. And then they roll out oil changes at all of their other businesses, right? Um, a lot of that stuff takes timing and thinking and planning. And that's the reason why I say one of the best things that you can do are meetings are really important when it comes to strategy and insight, like making sure that you're setting time aside every month or every month, other month, depending on how many people are involved in your company to really strategize and build out a plan for what you want your business to be doing for the following year and multiple years out, um, I think is really important. It's just, it's time, it's fucking time consuming to get into that type of planning. Um, but you know, again, I encourage you all to do it and I'm going to end with that. I encourage you all to go build out a long-term plan, dream, like dream big on it. If you're going to fucking dream, you might as well dream really fucking big, go and dream it, figure out how you're going to do it. If you're going to need to build your own assets, if you're going to need to create a team that's going to build assets, if you're going to bring your family involved to build those assets, or if you're going to go and, and buy, some other business to add it into your business or another business to diversify the revenue of your business and to learn a new skill set that way. So I hope you gained some insight out of this. Please, if you have any questions, reach out to me at jeremy.quintania at ageofradio.org or reach out to me on Twitter at ageofjeremy. You can also follow me on Instagram at ageofjeremy. Um, and this is, again, an Age of Radio original that we continue to try to make better and better and better and be the best place for you to learn insights um, on growing your your businesses and investments and personal finance and learning about some cool podcasting in there. So make sure to go check out Dr. Death and I will talk to you guys later. Have a great, great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon.